Welcome to Let's Get Our Ship Together, a queer women of color debrief on the latest in queer lady and POC representation in television and film. I'm Aphrodite. And I'm Amira. And this week, we are going to focus on Charmed. This is the mm. third episode of the reboot, and I'm super excited about how things are going with Melko. This was, I think, the strongest of the episodes I've seen yet. Yeah, I, I really feel like every week it just gets better and better. I'm, I'm really I know, it's great. enjoying the like ramp up of the show. But before we get too into it, I want to talk quickly about reboots in general, because mm. Aphrodite, you and I recently have come across two bad reboot examples and they oh. left a bit of a bad taste in our mouths. Really, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I just want to rant about the whole like gritty reboot concept and why it's 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 so unnecessary. Like you don't always need to make the reboot gritty. People frequently are not asking for no. the dark and violent version of a reboot, especially if the original show was lighthearted and campy and funny. And if your reboot is taking away the essence of the original, I mean, is it really a re reboot? Because at that point, why don't you just make your own show? If the characters are all fundamentally different, the only thing they have in common are their names, then just make your own damn show. Don't Boop. call it a reboot. There so, you go. Um, yeah, so recently, the um, we, we talked about this on an earlier podcast, but there was supposed to be a gritty reboot to Xena Warrior Princess, which of course is very near and dear to our hearts. And the script for the pilot episode was recently, I don't know if it was leaked or intentionally shared online, but- I think uh, the writer gave permission. Okay. The, Javier okay. said that it was okay. That, that's what I thought, but I, you know. Well, I made it through about page three or four. <laughs> uh, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't continue. Aphrodite, you were so much stronger than I was. So why don't you share your- <laughs> your favorite moments from <laughs> the pilot yes. episode of the reboot of Xena that never was. Oh my gosh. So I feel like we have to place this moment in its context. So Charmed, mm -hmm. why is this reboot working for us? It's because it's sticking to the tone that fans love. Yes. Um, whether they're new to the series with the reboot or not. I mean, I think we're both brand new to the series. We didn't watch the original. Oh, yeah, I did not watch the original. Until now, yeah, I'm trying to watch it. On I know <laughs> because it's also a reboot, but it's a reboot that's going really well. Exactly, and it's a reboot. It's a reboot that is bringing in humor and camp, and like, and is updated for the times as well with mm -hmm. with a more diverse cast. But it, but there are certain things that are still true to the original. You know that sisterhood is what really what the show is about, and the overall and, genre of the show. It's it's a fantasy drama with like, you know, occasional wit and humor in it. And it's exactly like the first one was, the same tone. Yes, the tone is what we're getting at. So Xena, Xena was a show that covered every possible genre. Sometimes it was intense action adventure. Sometimes it was dark. Sometimes it was completely campy over the top. But there were certain things that sort of stayed true to the characters. I read the script for the reboot pilot, the one that was never you know, that never went to screen. I remember when there were rumors that it would be kind of Hunger Games-esque and we were all mm -hmm. like, uh, no. Yeah, we we're like, so that. what? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what does that yeah, mean? yeah. So um, if you're a Xenite, like the two of us are, I actually think it's worth reading. Like, just go into it knowing what you're going to get. Yeah, and there um, are a couple of things that I almost felt like needed a trigger warning. The... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think, I think it's, yeah. it's safe to to maybe spoil a few things since, I mean, it's not even okay. gonna 
air ever, so there's not really much to spoil. No, it's it's, it's officially there not canon. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> true. It is not canon, and for good reason. So Hercules is a villain in this reboot, and he is also Xena's lover. They're both warlords together. So I actually don't have a problem with Hercules being a villain in the reboot. What I have a problem with is him being such a prominent character in the reboot episode. He just took up so much screen time in the script. And I'm like, okay, we get that he's a villain. We get it. But we weren't spending enough time sort of exploring Xena's psyche and exploring like her coming to terms with the fact that she wants she's having a change of heart about all this warlord business and, and then randomly eolus we- is his nephew so like any hercules yeah. eolus shippers <laughs> I know. it's out the window i know they're related now I know. Boo. <laughs> um i mean that, so that was one thing that they definitely did wrong spend too much time talking about hercules but xena even though it was a spin-off of hercules xena was its own show Mm-hmm. Xena became a hero in her own right, completely independent of Hercules. We don't need to be reminded of, you know, the man who made Xena who she was. We yeah. just don't need that. Absolutely. Um, and even in their yeah. crossover episodes, Xena is, like, very definitively the star. Hercules doesn't, yeah. like, you know, take center stage just because it's a crossover episode with Hercules. Like. Mm-hmm. It was so gritty and violent, like unnecessarily so. Mm-hmm. We don't need brutal murders, like in like described in that kind of detail. We also don't need prostitutes everywhere. Like that's yeah. not what people are want to watch. We're here to watch like a camp, a campy feminist show about a hero for the times, a hero across all times. That's not that's what we want. Yeah. We don't. We want hope. We want joy. We want hope. We want humor. And we want something to believe in. We don't want a world that's bleak. We already have that. Yeah. And, you know, I, I feel like with reboots, it's like, if you're going to change something, then you have to leave. There has to be some sort of constant, which isn't just the character names, like I said before. I, I really feel like if they wanted to change the tone of it and make it more, like, gritty and dark, then at least leave the characters the same. You know, Xena was fighting mm. for good in a dark world. Yeah of, you know, yes. the world of ancient Greece where, like, the gods just kind of fucked with people. And either you do that or if you want to do a reboot where maybe you're starting from the beginning when Xena was still, you know, dark, then mm-hmm. set it in the same campy environment that the original show had. You know, it's like change change mm-hmm. something to make it your own, but you have to have something the same because otherwise it's like, what? who's going to watch it? Like, who's your audience? Who's the intended audience yeah. for this? Yeah, there's a very brutal scene in this script that involves a horse dragging. Um, And I remember that scene in the original series where Gabby gets dragged. Yeah, the Gab drag. Um, And yeah, oh my God, geez. And like, that's, it's just a very haunting scene. In like, I feel like it, for such a violent scene in the opening episode, you just, you can't just drop that. Yeah. Um, I mean, that sets but, the tone for the whole show. Oh, yeah. I will say that I was pretty upset about what I would call character betrayal of Xena. Mm. She's actually too dark in the pilot episode. But mm. hold on. As far as the Xena and Gabrielle relationship, I actually thought there were some good moments in the in the pilot script. So I'm not going to knock the whole thing. Okay. Like, 
the scenes between Zena and Gabby, those felt real. The dialogue was mostly true to their characters. And, um, and Gabby starts off much stronger and um, smarter, even, than she mm. was in the pilot of the original series. So I liked basically the second half of the script that didn't have that much of Hercules. I still want a Xena reboot, but just not that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, exactly. Yeah, I would love a reboot. And I mean, if they want to do it charm style with a whole new cast, you know, have some women of color, have the relationship between Zena and Gabby be explicitly queer. You know, I am here for it. I'm mm-hmm. here for all of it. Yeah. Okay. So another spoiler. Um, yeah, please. Zena gives the pinch to someone after she's decided to be a good person. She gives the pinch to someone. Mm-hmm but lets him die. That was like, that was the moment in the script when I said, I'm done. That's it. I yeah. can't. Yeah. Like, I mean, I finished reading, but yeah. I'm done as in, I, I definitely <laughs> do not no like this it. show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do not lo- like what this show would have become because for Xena to do that, like I was gasping as I was reading and maybe that's oh, what God. the writer was, maybe that's what Javier was going for. He wanted to shock us. Uh, but like there were too many shocking moments in that opening episode mm-hmm. for me to accept it as a reboot. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, when you look back at the original series, there were plenty of moments like, you know, the gab drag being one of them of of brutal violence. But the the shock value came from the contrast between those scenes and the rest Mm -hmm. of the show. You know, the baseline has to be less than that for that to be shocking to us. Yeah. You need to build up to violence. Like if you're going to show people a violent scene, it has to have some meaning behind it, right? With the mm-hmm. gab drag, even though it was, it was like terrible to witness, there was also a season plus of shit yes. that led up to it. Whew, okay. I feel like yeah. we could talk about this forever. Oh, I know. But- the other uh, reboot that I wanted to touch on briefly is um, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, which is a reboot of uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, the classic we all know and love. I loved that show. That was one of my gay awakenings when I was older, realizing <laughs> that I had a huge crush on Melissa Joan Hart. Wait, really? Yeah. I, oh it's blondes. It's blondes. I don't, I don't know what well, it is. Maybe, well, your taste is expanding. But back then, it was definitely <laughs> blondes. Back then, it was definitely blondes. Melissa Joan Hart, really? Wow. Yeah, yeah I was I feel like I had her. it for one of the aunts. Oh, I love Zelda, too. But I think yeah. it was, like, her nerdiness that I, like, aspired mm. to, but not necessarily that I was, like, attracted to. See, you have the thing for older women. And I have yeah. a thing for blondes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's where we meet with Carol, like older and blonde. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a Venn diagram of like older women and blonde women. And like in the intersect is mm-hmm. Zelda Spellman and Carol. <laughs> oh, man. A select few other characters that your heart just throbs for. What's wrong with Sabrina? What isn't wrong with Sabrina? Oh, my God. Aphrodite. How many episodes in are you? One. Shit. Listen. Okay. Listen to me. Okay. I will will admit that having only watched one episode of the reboot, it's possible that I don't, you know, I'm not, like, fully into it. (laughs) But, so I'm going to preface this by saying that Kristen and I are diehard fans of the original. Like, we're we're purists. You know what I mean? We really Mm. love the original. I try to, you know, kind of set that aside in anticipation of this reboot because the characters in Sabrina are based on characters that appear in the original Archie comics. And so when Archie was gritty rebooted into Riverdale, I know that a lot of people really like that show. Kristen included, actually. She, she read the original Archie comics. She was into them and she likes Riverdale. So I was like, okay, maybe because now they're doing the gritty re- reboot of Sabrina, 
to be in the same universe as Riverdale and they're going to have crossovers or whatever, it'll be just as good. So both of us went into it like recognizing that it's not going to be the same, but we're looking forward to like seeing our beloved characters on screen again. Oh my God. We were so disappointed. We were so disappointed. All of the characters are different. So Zelda, of course, in the original was this brilliant scientist. Hilda was just kind of like, you know, almost like a a fuck up, but like didn't really care. (laughs) Um, And they had this great snarky, like, you know, sisterly Mm. vibe with each other. And in the new series, Zelda is, there's no other way to put it. She's just like an asshole. Zelda's just mean. She's mean and she's very domineering. And Hilda is like this meek, like, oh, okay, whatever you say, you know, like just kind of fades into the background. Wow. And it's so weird because Hilda, I mean, both of them were such, were so strong before, had such strong personalities. Um, And so I don't know which one is more disappointing, honestly, to see the change in. Um, so Salem in the original, his backstory was actually pretty interesting and I feel like could have fit into a gritty reboot. Salem the cat is, he was actually originally a witch who tried to take over the world and he was punished by the witch's council. His punishment was to be turned into a cat. <laughs> so that's why he's a cat. Hilda was one of his followers. So her punishment is to house Salem. <laughs> All of that is scrapped. None of Salem's backstory exists. Salem doesn't even talk. He's actually Sabrina's familiar. So in the first episode, she puts out this, like, I don't know, she does a spell or something, like, basically the witch's version of, like, putting out an ad for a familiar. And what a familiar is, is some sort of, like, horrible demonic goblin creature that takes the form of an animal and it protects the witch to which it's assigned. What? Um, yeah. And we see it a couple of, you know, because this show is, it's like scarier, of course. I feel like it's, it's almost like a less feminist show, which is saying something because the original version is like feminist light, I would say. You know, it yeah. definitely had room for improvement. I'm yeah. picking up on a recurring theme here, which is that if you're going to reboot a series, do not make the characters unlikable. Mm-hmm. Like if you make your characters less likable than the original characters, fans are not going to be invested. Exactly. And that's what they kind of did with Xena in the in the script. Like, they made her less likable. I agree. All of the characters are... You can't really get into them, you know? Um, and so the whole witchcraft thing is centered... They're, they're literally just Satanists. They worship Satan. They call him the Dark Lord. They're like, oh... Jesus. It's an honor oh, to give yourself up on. to him and blah, blah, blah. And it but all we've seems seen very that patriarchal. Yeah, oh, my I'm God. Just, I'm really disappointed in that kind of turn of events. And then, you know, to make it even spookier... The Spellmans have this uh, mortuary. That's that's where they work. And they use, I guess, the pieces of various parts of human cadavers for their like witchcraft sometimes. So, yeah, which is disappointing because one of the things I loved as a kid was that that Zelda was this like world renowned brilliant scientist. You know, I mean, obviously my future in the STEM field was not yet <laughs> decided at that point, but I'd like to think that it was a factor. You know, a deciding mm. factor. Part of my route is seeing seeing this like brilliant scientist and thinking like, wow, she's so cool. <laughs> oh my God. Um, yeah. And I loved her little lab that like folded out from the table. I don't know if you remember that, but like she had this little, like this little lab with like all these lights and cool colors and like, you know, smoke and stuff that would like unfold from her like dining room table or whatever. And that's like where she would yeah. work. I'm sure that some people are really enjoying the reboot. I read some reviews for it. Cause I was like, I just want to see if this gets better. <laughs> and people were basically saying overwhelmingly, if you really like the original, then you're not going to find Don't it here. Don't watch this show. But mm-hmm. some say like, oh, it picks up a little bit later. 
the overall impression that I'm getting is that it may not be for me. <sighs> That's the impression I got. Now, I just want to say, to segue into Charmed, the cast of the original Sabrina show have been nothing but kind and professional and, and so sweet about this new reboot. They had the, a promo video <clears throat> of all of them. It was uh, Sabrina, Harvey, and the two aunts saying best witches <laughs> to the new cast. <laughs> and it was so cute. And then they that's had another promo darling. video. It was a reaction video of them watching the new series. And it was so cute because like, clearly they're all like terrified and then they're making comments like, you know, Hilda and Zelda, the actresses are like, Oh, we would have never let Sabrina get away with this. <laughs> they were like, our <laughs> Sabrina would have never behaved this way. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. So yeah. cute. And um, anyway, so compared to, I don't know how many of you guys know this, um, and Aphrodite, I think, I think I told you about this recently, but the cast of the original Charmed was not as kind regarding yeah. the Charmed reboot, which is a bit of a turnoff for me to like well, watch the because... original show. I think it's because they had producing credits and they weren't consulted or reached out to about the reboot at all. Uh, I mean, I'd be pissed too if I was a producer of something of the original thing and like no one thought to reach out to me. Um, yeah. And it is kind of a turn off, but I'm not turned off because I'm watching for the queers and the women of color. I know. So, yeah. Like this, this episode of Charmed was great. Just to summarize Please. some highlights. When we see Mel in suspenders. I, yep. That was, First thing on my yeah. notes. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. That line where Nico says, see, I told, I told you, you we weren't, weren't that, that loud. loud. She, ah! That was brilliant. Okay, okay. And then... <laughs> I counted, and I believe we got three kisses, but the first one was a doozy. Mm. Like, you know how two straight actresses, if they're like, if we know that they're straight and they kiss, it's like we're wa they're waiting for the kiss to be over or something. Yeah, yeah. This was not the case. Like, Melanie Diaz went in. That was like yeah. a real kiss that you give a real girlfriend. I know. I was so into that. I'm like, yes, this was a real-ass queer kiss. They always deliver on the kisses. I'm so happy about that. The chemistry between them is real. I just want to keep sharing because I've like, yeah, please, I put down all, all the highlights. Seeing Nico with her hair down looking hella hot without mm. glasses. So I mean, good. the glasses are hot too, but you got to like, like put them on and take them off because that adds to the hotness. Like you can switch on and off the nerd thing. And the text that she sends Mel at the end of the night, will you put <laughs> mm -hmm. another spell on me? Yeah. Their flirtation. I love I watching them flirt with each other. Cause... Can I just add one more highlight to your list? Please do not take credit for my idea, white man. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Oh, that has to be my favorite line. Like top five, at least, favorite lines of anything ever. Oh, my God. Wait, there was another line. I just remembered. I tweeted this. Vir uh, virginity is just the tool of the patriarchy to control yeah. our sexuality. That, I know. Like, the fact that Mel said that, oh my God, she's so that queer woman of color we know. I know. Like, and she's so sweet, like trying to make Macy feel better. <laughs> I know. That was hilarious. I mean, Mel as a character is so sharp. She obviously was the first to figure out that Angela was the harbinger. She also was so sneaky feeding cookies to her. Like in that moment when they're both on the hospital bed, and she says, oh, these were actually my mom's recipe to try to get her to eat a cookie. I was like, you are, you are something else, Mel. She's smart. Yeah, I was really happy about this episode. I did think, 
at first I was a little bit disappointed about the whole virgin thing being a part of the storyline, but I feel like the lines that they had later made up for it. But I was like, I, you know, <clears throat> you know me, I'm like, as a scientist, I'm like, how do demons even define virginity? Like, what about your blood changes after sex? Mm. I mean, Mel reveals that she did have sex with a guy once and says, you're not missing much. I know, that, <laughs> was, that was hilarious. Which is great. But then I really wanted it to be like, oh, so are they like accepting that Mel is no longer a virgin just because like after only having sex with women, but because it was revealed that she has had sex with a man before, they didn't really get to go oh. into that. But I was like, you know, how are they counting virginity? You know, is it literally just like, oh, you had a dick inside you? Like what, what are the demons, like, how do they know? How is this mm. determined? Yeah. I actually like that they brought in the virginity storyline and I liked that it revealed something about Macy. It advanced her character development. Like she reveals openly in front of her sisters that she's a 28 year old virgin. Mm -hmm. And she talks a little bit about that and processes that. And I thought that that was a really beautiful thing to do on that show, on a, on the show. And I tweeted about this. Adults are generally not shown as virgins on TV and especially for black women who are hypersexualized. Yeah. And, that's true. you know, we really don't get black women like Macy who are sort of reacting to the stereotype of what a black woman should be by like nerding up. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so we just found out so much about who she is, why she's reluctant to, you know, pursue um, like her dating life why she's more cautious and scientific. She doesn't want to be that angry black woman or the one who like thinks rashly and it behaves quickly. She's like methodical. She thinks things through as a scientist mm -hmm. and is kind of a planner. And so all of that caution that she brings to her day-to-day -day life is also what produces her romantic life. Mm. Like she's cautious about everything including yeah. sex. You know, it's funny, at the beginning of this episode, I was like, wow, Macy may actually be gay with how, like, awkward she is about dating. Because <laughs> Galvin is, like, lobbing shit for her right over the plate, and she's just like, uh, bye. And it yeah, was like, yeah, come on, this is, like, lesbian stereotypes 101. But now, you know, I mean, the reveal that she's a virgin, it made sense. I feel like that was, like, a good time to reveal that, because it had been building up for a while of, like, Macy, why aren't you going, like, what's going on? What's stopping you? My only caveat is that um, I do feel like a lot of times virginity is introduced into a plot line. There's like a means to an end with it. You know what I mean? So it's like, okay, obviously mm. she's going to lose her virginity to Galvin. Probably. That's what we're expecting. Oh, I um, see. <clears throat> so it's still kind of almost presented as like a problem that needs solving. But I see. No, that makes sense. That's, that's valid. That's valid. Yeah. So, I mean, that being said, this is, this is still a fantastic way to handle the storyline in general. Mm -hmm. So I'm really happy with what the writers did with this. And, and, you know, like you said at the beginning, I, I, I really think that this is the best one yet. Like every, every episode, it just gets better and better. Except for Maggie. I don't really care for her storyline. Yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> but like Mel's storyline, how she sort of comes to terms with having to hide the secret from Nico. So she tells Harry, like, I don't think you know how painful this is. Uh, and she reveals that her, her mom knew that she was gay before she did and that she had never actually been in the closet because she did, has never had the experience of hiding who she is from the people she loves. It's very hard to keep this secret from Nico. And I have to admit, like, that scene between Harry and Mel, it was so moving and it made me think about how 
wonderful it is that the writers of Charmed are making explicit the parallels between a secret identity as like a witch or a superhero and having a secret identity as a queer person. Yes. Like, that parallel has always been there. It's been there in the comics. It's been there in movies. It's always And it's why queer of... people have always been drawn to these stories. Exactly. But it's never been talked about in the other direction mm. where, the, where the character says, keeping my witch identity or superhero identity a secret feels like you're shoving me in the closet, mm -hmm. making it explicitly queer. So I was just really moved by that scene. This show will easily become a new favorite show for me um, if they continue writing like that. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I love Mel, I love Macy. Maggie is, she's just the hardest one for me to relate to and I feel like it's partly due to inconsistencies in her character. You know, at times she's presented as this like kind of like wise, mature, you know, the unexpectedly wise and mature one being the youngest of the three sisters. But then it's like, she's still trying really hard to like rush the sorority at at the cost of her witch training. And I just feel mm -hmm. like, you know, if I were in her position, I grew up on these kinds of shows. So of course, if somebody came to me and was like, oh, you're a witch, I'd be like, let's start my training right now. Everything on my life can wait. <laughs> like, yeah, there's yeah. nothing else that could possibly be a priority over this. Right. So I'm trying to like, you know, think, okay, what if I wasn't that kind of a person? But still, I'm just like, it's your life that's at stake. It's your sister's lives that are at stake. If you don't learn this stuff, I would have just forgotten about trying to join any kind of like social club or anything you know if I had this going on in my life instead sorry, Maggie's but... like an idiot I'm sorry yeah <laughs> and then this guy that she's oh my, interested another in another bland like, white guy I'm just like a bland white guy who already has a girlfriend please we've I seen know this well and she finds that out in the end so it's like ugh, well he's a bust again they look kind of similar is that just me <laughs> I'm no, like they're both the white same. guys with like not very good haircuts and like Similar yeah. <laughs> facial structures. Like I just, oh my! I don't God. know. I'm like, she definitely has a type. But yeah, that yeah. twist that he was like the that main sorority girl's boyfriend. I'm like, what a fucker! Like I can't believe he's like, he wasn't just lightly flirting with her. He was like going hard, you know? Oh yeah. It wasn't like, yeah. oh, he was just being friendly, and she got into it was like, you know, mistook it as something. It was like he was very openly and clearly flirting with her. I mean, this is sort of like on the bull type. With Sutton's like hetero nonsense. If Maggie ends up dating this guy, I will call bullshit. Yeah, we will no longer yeah, discuss not, her on this podcast. <laughs> no, I'm like, if this show is feminist, then keep it that way. Keep it that exactly. way for all the girls. This week, we also got um, Macy very qu briefly talking about what it's like to be black or a woman of color. Mm -hmm. When she talks about growing up and being one of only two women of color in the entire school. Yeah. And how the other girl got to be the wild one. And so she had to be the bookish one. That was nice. I'm kind of hoping that we get a little more about the girls' like sort of race identity. Because like Maggie, I just feel like I she know. wants so badly to assimilate. It makes me want to puke. Yeah, that's what it is. That's what it is. You're right. It's it's the like need to assimilate. Because I'm like, look at your sisters. Do what they're doing. <laughs> you know, Do like follow their lead. But, yeah. you know, I mean, I guess growing up with just Mel, I mean, I feel like it's easy for her maybe to just think, like, oh, like, she's gay and not, like, relate any of her experiences to, like, you know, her own life. Mm -hmm. You know, it's because Macy just came in recently into the picture. But she's a great, they're, they're both great role, role models, in my opinion. But either way, yeah, I, I really feel, like, strong assimilation vibes from Maggie. And it kind of makes me mm -hmm. sad. I hope that, like, 
she has some sort of like awakening later <laughs> in yeah. the show. Like at least go after like a nice like woke white guy or something. Like, damn. Oh my god. You have to go after these like gross um, bland guys. So <laughs> speaking of quote unquote woke, yeah, uh, or wokeness, Natasha recently brought up with me and like reminded me that even though Mel is like super activist, she's still technically dating a cop. That's and true. I we know. had we had this problem on Supergirl with me and Maggie Sawyer. Mm-hmm. I guess there are other queers like Brooklyn Nine Nine, other queer women of color characters who are also cops. Yeah. In my personal life, I guess I have a no dating cops rule. Mm-hmm. But in my shipping life, I do not prohibit myself. I do not bar myself from right, yeah. <laughs> crushing on fictional police care police officers. Um, detectives and I've been trying to think about like well why does this keep happening why do we see so many characters very conveniently positioned as cops on these shows Mm -hmm. and I think a lot of it is because in a supernatural world like Hilltown Mm -hmm. do kind of need someone to investigate the weird shit happening like I mean we also have that on on Winona Earp right like you have yeah lesbian couples and like one of the couples is in on the secret and the other is investigating some issues. Right. Yeah. And in, and in um, the case of Winona Earp, the cop is also in on it <laughs> and kind of helps um, yes. from, the, from the law side of matters. So, you know, in the original Charmed, uh, the oldest sister was also dating a detective. So I don't know if this mm. is sort of like a nod to the original kind of thing, but yeah, yeah it is kind of annoying that it's like the queer people. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you know her history with the police? Like, yeah, yeah, make it a straight person that's dating, you know, a straight, a straight cop dating one of the straight characters. Or just don't have cops on the show. But, yeah. like, I mean, yeah. So, <laughs> that would be I mean, easiest. <laughs> yeah, that would be easiest. So, you know, I'm, like, kind of thinking about this. Like, how is this show, quote-unquote, woke if you have this supposed activist dating a cop? And so mm-hmm. the only way I think they could address, they, they could make me feel better about Nico being a cop is if they addressed it explicitly. We do get a moment in the previous episode where Nico talks about being the only Asian in her workplace. She just drank the truth serum and then she starts to go off about microaggressions that she gets mm-hmm. as as like a woman of color in her workplace. You know, we're, we're getting that it's complicated for her, even though she's uh, a police officer. But yeah, I just feel like maybe Mel is not on the same level politically as we imagine her to be. Mm-hmm. Or at some point they're going to talk about it or they're going to ignore it altogether. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you know, behind every character is a team of writers. So we just have to... I would think that these writers would at least provide some sort of backstory, you know, maybe like describing like when they met that uh, Mel was apprehensive for because these reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I that, see that would make sense. To exactly. Me, like a flashback. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I feel like, you know, something being brought up while they're already together as though it had never occurred to Mel would be less believable, but still I would settle for it as like, okay, at least they're acknowledging that that's a thing. Mm-hmm. It's a really good point to bring up, though. And it, it does yeah. bother me as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a very common theme. 
I mean, I mean that I still actually really love Nico as a character. I love that she's flirty with Mel. Mm-hmm. I love that she's staying over. She showed up in the attic in her PJs. That was super cute. Yeah. And then she comes down in the to the kitchen for like in the morning. I just like that she's a presence in that household. Yeah. Obviously, Mel's relationship with Nico is the most serious one on the show. They're shown being the most affectionate. And they obviously have the most history. And so we're getting a lot more screen time for the two of them than I would have expected. Mm-hmm. And that's beautiful. It's not being treated like a plot B. She's Nico is integrated as part of the like regular, like major story arc. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. And Mel needs to, needs to be way more careful. She's like got a candle going. She's going through her book of spells. I know. And like her girl. I'm like, girl. What are you doing? Your girlfriend's in this house. You didn't think to, like, text everybody, be like, hey, we're going to come down to the kitchen. Don't use magic. Yeah. Well, I mean, her recklessness was kind of the the theme of this last episode. You know, Harry True. Um, kept getting upset with her for, like, freezing time around Nico all the time. And then later, she used that really dangerous spell to get rid of that uh, that demon <laughs> that almost, and she almost killed Macy in the simulation and in real life at the end yeah. of the episode she used oh, it. Oh, yes. Yeah. And so Harry yes. as the white lighter had to, you know, heal Macy and bring her back. And so Harry yeah. finally reveals that he, he served another witch, Fiona, who ended up committing suicide um, after being institutionalized because people thought she had gone mad. It sounded like that woman, Fiona, confided in her partner. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And then the partner, like, gaslit the fuck out of her mm-hmm. and then sent her to an institution. Yeah. I understand Harry's concerns and I do think that Mel should be less reckless. And I, I'm really glad that this was addressed so soon Mm -hmm. in the series because I wouldn't have wanted it to get out of hand and have that be a plot point where it's like, sometimes that kind of unnecessary conflict gives me so much anxiety (laughs) when I'm watching a show. I'm like, please, please don't like threaten that somebody's going to die just for like entertainment value. Yeah. Well, I was pretty upset with Harry for putting that thing on Mel's wrist. Like, why are you policing her? Yeah. Um, and it, it was very, like, controlling of him. But when he revealed that about his history to Mel, he became more sympathetic as a character. So, again, exactly. things that a reboot does well provides us with redeeming qualities mm-hmm. about characters who we otherwise wouldn't, wouldn't like. Yeah. And resolving conflict, like, within the episode, even. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah, they did a really good job of that. And, yeah, I was really upset about the bracelet thing, too. And then, you know, after he delivered that speech, I thought back on it and I was like, you know, it's not like he, like, took her power away. He just made it so that he would be notified if she used her power so that, you know, in, in case of emergency, if she was using it, he would appear and then could possibly even help out. Yeah. Um, but was just going to, like, you know, chastise her for using it just yeah. to get out of talking to Nico yeah. about <laughs> where she's been. <laughs> right. I actually love that moment where um, Harry pops up and she's in the middle of having her monologue mm-hmm. in front of a frozen Nico. Yeah. And she's like, you're interrupting our moment, Harry. <laughs> I know. I know. That was, that so was really that. cute. This is a very private moment. Yeah. <laughs> So, I don't know, the characters become more and more likable. Like, this this is a great episode. It was also a great Halloween episode. Mm. It wasn't too scary for me, but the Angela Wu shit was pretty, like, the graphics were pretty bad. Yeah, I was worried about you um, <laughs> Yeah, and not bad as in, like, they weren't well done, but, like, it's they were too difficult scary. for me. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of creepy. I had to turn all the lights on, all the lights on. Oh, my gosh. While I'm watching. <laughs> oh, my gosh. 
Yeah. I can just imagine you squealing by yourself in your room. Oh, God. Oh, my God. I was just like, I was mostly paying attention to all the scenes that involved them talking because I care about that kind of drama. I'm like, oh, we find out that Macy's a virgin. Oh, we found out she was, you know, one of only two black women in her school. I'm like much more interested in like, I don't know, the gossip. And yeah, the, as yeah. opposed to like... <laughs> well, it looks like we're going to be getting nothing but good stuff from this show so far. They're on a roll. Yeah. Like three for three. Yeah. Um, three for three. And like, it is so rare to like the first couple episodes of a new show. True. So rare. True. And I'm not getting any of the awkwardness from this show so far. I mean, right off the bat with the pilot, they, you know, slammed it out of the park. So I'm really happy. Really, yeah, really happy great. with how the yeah. show's going. I'm, like, relieved. You know, every time there's, like, a new show featuring, pr- prominently featuring women of color, and especially when there's, like, an also prominently featured queer character, I'm like, this has to be good. <laughs> this has to be good, because if it's not, then that those characters will be blamed for it being bad. Um, yeah. Don't And they'll fail. use it as an excuse not to, yeah, not to have people of color or queer folks in future shows. So, so far, they're doing great. I'm Woo. really hoping that... Uh, the ratings throughout the season will reflect that. So, honestly, if only Black Lightning would follow suit. I know because we didn't get any of Grace in Black Lightning this past week, and I knew this would happen. But now that we I'm did. like directly comparing it with Charmed, I'm just like, oh, how many? How long do I have to wait for like queer kisses on Black Lightning? I was getting the feeling from Charmed that it would be more like the Bull type, where we're getting every every episode, we're getting part pieces of the queer storyline. Maybe because they're counting on the lesbian fangirls to like keep the show alive. <laughs> Maybe I mean they'll see the power of you know lesbian fandom. Either way, I'm excited. I'm excited for next week. This was ep- awesome episode. I feel like this epi- this podcast episode was mostly us reviewing the episode. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Ten out of ten stars. Yeah. And plus, <laughs> yes. I mean, because it's like, what more can we say? They're they're killing it. They're doing a good job. I would love to, you know, interact more with anyone listening. If you want to tweet at us at QWOC ship or tweet at us personally, I'm I'm at Aphrodite and Amira's at Artemis Gabriel. Mm -hmm. Uh, Feel free to let us know what you think. Um, Yeah. And be warned that Aphrodite is watching on East Coast time. So if you're watching in another time zone, her tweets will spoil it for you. Yes. Which is why I have her on mute because I'm watching on the West Coast. So, all right. Well, thanks for tuning in, and we hope you'll join us again next time. Bye.